Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Hope you have your cup of coffee. I have mine. Um, Mickey D's. So, uh, yeah. So uh, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about red flag solutions. And the thing is, people a lot of times ask me, you know, what kind of indicator should I look for to seek professional help? But before we get into that, who am I? Well, I'm Tim Harcourt. I'm a chiropractic physician. Been practicing 33 years, three generations. My grandfather, father, two brothers, all chiropractors. One's a medical doctor. So um, what we're going to do is talk about today uh, the things that you should be looking for and whether or not you should get professional help for that. So a lot of times things can be handled. You don't need professional help. But what are some of the indicators that you might need it? So those are the some of the things we're going to go over today. Now, listen, if you have friends, family members that should be seeing this, uh, don't forget to share and tag them. Um, also, if you would like our channel, uh, that would be great. And then we really look for the comments. And this is what we like about the comments is the interaction, but also ideas for future topics. Our uh, live broadcast is driven by requests. And uh, I get a lot of requests from patients that basically would like to know the information uh, that we're reviewing today. Um, the reality is when people come in, we don't have a half an hour to chat or 15 minutes. We like to keep these at 15 minutes or less. So um, anyway, that's what we're going to discuss today. And so any comments that you have, we're happy to get those. And uh, especially for uh, topics coming up. Uh, if you have questions about uh, some of the things we're going over today, don't hesitate to send that in as well. Okay, so having said all that, I do have to preface this. Uh, um, this session is not intended to be a diagnosis of your condition if you have one. It's also not intended to be a treatment. So if you're in need of professional help, make sure you go see a healthcare provider that can do that for you. Obviously, if you're close to me, I'd like that to be me. If you're not close to me, then pick somebody you like. Um, and also, I, I offer myself as a resource because uh, I do get a lot of people uh, asking who's a good doc in my area. And I don't mind helping people out with that. They could live in Timbuktu and Kalamazoo, Michigan or whatever. I have um, a database of uh, board certified neuromusculoskeletal medicine specialists such as myself that I can look up for you and find the closest doctor for you. So I'll offer that as a service. Um, actually, my staff can do that as well. Um, so anyway, we're happy to help you out if you're not from the Fort Myers area and you like a good doctor in your area. Uh, if you would like to just check on your own, you can put in capital I-A-N-M. It stands for the International Academy of Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine. And then there's a membership uh, portion on there. You can go in and find a doctor in your area. Just put how many miles from your zip code and it'll list the doctors there. Okay, so en enough about that, but if you ever need help with that, don't hesitate to contact us. Um, so, okay, so what's the first thing we're gonna talk about today? So you see the brain up there. Um, trying to see if I can point like, okay, there we go. And um, what are some of the red flags with, we'll take headache, for example. 
Well, if we have uh, intractable headaches that are progressive, that's definitely a red flag. Um, that suggests that there's pressure on the brain and it's getting worse. It could be any number of things that I'm not even going to go into all that. But that's definitely something you would want help with. And I'm not talking about the tension headache or the migraine headache that might last two or three days. Uh, I'm talking about headaches that remain persistent and, and get progressively worse, especially if those headaches are at nighttime. Um, that's, it's, it's an even bigger red flag. Now, the good news is most of these headaches do respond to conservative care that aren't intractable. So, um, you know, we're talking about exceptions here. So uh, there's home remedies that you can do for headaches. Um, you know, it is true that a lot of headaches do come from the neck. So um, headaches can be a pain in the neck, right? So uh, one of the old uh, things that I have uh, suggested to patients for 33 years is to take a towel and roll it up so that it's the diameter of your fist. Put two rubber bands around each end of that towel. So maybe the towel's about six to eight, nine inches wide. And then put that under your neck and lie on your back and stretch that neck out and improve the lordosis or curve, natural curvature of the neck. It's amazing how many times when people do that, it gets rid of their headache. Um, and the other suggestion I would make is if you do something like that and it does help your headache, then it probably is not a severe problem inside your head. It's probably coming from your neck. Now, you still might want to seek professional help for that to fix your neck, i.e. the chiropractor, right? So whether you're here in town or you're from another state, that's what I would recommend in that case. Another time um, or uh, other things that can be done is a little bit of pressure in the base of the head here, acupressure, where you just kind of pull up on the occiput, the base of the head, where all those muscles attach in. There is a, a, a nerve, the greater two nerves, greater and lesser occipital nerves that pierce a fascia in that area that get pinched uh, when we get tension headaches. And if you can relieve that tension in there, a lot of times that will take care of your headache as well. So, and that's also why a good massage to the neck muscles and suboccipital muscles can be helpful for headaches, especially tension headaches. Um, it won't always get rid of the headache, and, like cure the headache, but it certainly will relieve it. Um, that's why we do both the joint manipulation and the massage in our practice, because there's two different components to a tension headache. And, you know, there's a lot of different type of headaches where I'm, we're not even going to get into all of that because that is more than 15 minutes in itself. So what's the next thing? The next thing here where we have the gal uh, is uh, these actually originally were embedded videos. We are unable to run them at the same time when we do live. But she's actually bending back in extension and has chest pain. So chest pain is not always coming from the heart. Uh, it can come from the heart. It can come from the lungs. It can come from a lot of things. Um, but chest pain uh, can be a rib out of place or rib subluxation. So the ribs attach into the sternum in the front and into the back. There's a joint with the rib into the back vertebra. So if that rib goes forward, backwards, upwards, or down, it can pinch. 
and that pinching can cause chest pain. When does this happen? It's very common lifting and twisting heavy items. In fact, I did it to myself one time. I lifted a 19-foot aluminum canoe onto a car by myself. I have no idea what a 19-foot aluminum canoe weighs, but I know it's more than 50 pounds. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's between 100 and 200 pounds. I don't know, but it was awkward and, you know, not the smartest thing to do. And um, this was right before a trip to Maine, a drive of about 22 hours uh, up to the border of the Allagash Waterway there in uh, Baxter, Northern Baxter State Park. And we typically drove straight through. So I actually didn't want to sit in the car with severe chest and back pain. So I ended up going in and getting treated by my brother. He did uh, put the rib back into position and then I had uh, completely pain-free trip. Otherwise, it would have been pretty much a disaster, most likely. So, you know, there's no reason to put up with that pain if you're having severe chest pain. Now, patients do ask, well, how would I know myself whether I should go to the ER to get my heart checked or if I should come to your office to get my rib put in? Well, it's relatively simple. If you go up and down the steps and exert in any way and your chest increases, your chest pain increases, you want to get your heart checked. Um, if you can bend a certain way and make it better or worse, depending on how you're bending, there's a good chance that's a rib subluxation. Um, and, and the difference here is if the heart is in distress, it almost doesn't matter what position you put it in, it's still going to hurt. However, if a rib is out of place and you bend one way and it makes it better, you bend another way, it makes it worse, that suggests a mechanical chest pain. And mechanical chest pain is rib subluxation. So, um, and generally after ribs are put back in place, they feel much better almost immediately. Um, I've had more than one patient, you know, go from crying to giving me a hug as soon as the adjustment was over because it's taken their pain from a 10 down to a half or a zero. And it's pretty dramatic. Um, that's the kind of stuff that lights my fire. That's actually why I do what I do. So let's talk about the next thing, um, neck pain after an injury. So uh, this actually is supposed to light up in the neck. Like I said, it's a PNG instead of an MP4. But the thing is, um, neck pain after an injury that's kind of unremitting, it just kind of stays there, is not a good sign. So what it could be any injury. It could be a car accident. It could be playing soccer and hitting them the ball with your head. I mean, who knows, wrestling, it could be any number of things um, that can uh, cause problems. And why are we worried about persistency? Well, because, you know, you have 75 trillion, we all have 75 trillion cells, give or take a few trillion. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they replicate 25 million times a second, meaning that our cells are repairing like crazy all the time. And if your pain is persistent, like it just isn't getting better, that's not a good sign. That means uh, it suggests anyway that uh, we're talking about uh, truck sitting on the guard hose kind of thing. Uh, there is there's a problem deeper. It's not just a muscle strain. Strains start to feel better. Really, by this, the next day, they should feel slightly better. I mean, they can hurt like crazy, especially if 
it was a severe strain sprain that can hurt for a real long time, but it's usually not progressive. And especially with treatment, it does respond to that. So, you know, persistent neck pain lasting uh, longer than about 24 to 48 hours, you should consider getting some help for that. Now, if it's getting better on its own, um, you know, you might not need immediate attention, but I would say that you still want to get the joints checked and your positioning checked because you don't want to heal it in the wrong position and with the wrong biomechanics. Um, that's what sets up degenerative joint disease and disc disease. So, um, and that's why it's so important to get checked after having a car accident, even if you think you weren't hurt. Uh, because if the biomechanics are altered and you develop rusty hinges, you, you know, can go down the road of uh, degenerative change to the spine, whereas a few adjustments might have completely altered the trajectory of the um, spinal joints. And the alignment and uh, nerve flow to end organs. So let's talk about that for a second. You know, we're walking around, we just kind of make the assumption that everything's working and, you know, we don't think about it much. But the brain is an electrical, electrical generator and that electricity translates down the spinal cord and out the peripheral nerves to run all your organs. Um, and so the better the connection, the healthier you are, right? So um, anyway, uh, the next one is the fellow over here has the shoulder pain. So um, you'll note that some of the things that I say, persistency at night is a red flag. So if somebody's sleeping at night and they roll over on the shoulder and it wakes them up, it's time to get some help. Um, that strongly suggests that there's probably a rotator cuff tendon that's been irritated, could have been torn, it could have been irritated, you know. Um, there's... Uh, a lot of patients do very well with conservative care with rotator cuff tendonitis or tendinopathy um, treatment, uh, not requiring surgery or uh, invasive medications, corticosteroids, those kind of things. Um, you know, and if you can fix something from the outside in and not have to put anything in to fix it, you're further ahead. You know, everybody knows about the MRSA infections and reactions to medications and, you know, you name it. There's there. It's just the more aggressive we get with treatment, the more um, side effects there are. So anyway, um, but there are things that you can do on your own as well for your shoulder. So eensy weensy spider up the wall can be very helpful for that. Uh, the Passive pulley exercises, we actually have videos on our website and YouTube that show you how to do that. So these are things that you can try on your own um, and possibly completely get rid of your shoulder pain. Now, if you do conservative procedures on your own and it's still persistent, then obviously you want to get some help. Uh, why? Because every time you lay down and you fall asleep and you roll over and your shoulder is going to wake you up. And who wants that to happen? Um, you know, there's a direct relationship between our quality of sleep and um, how much uh, irritation and inflammation we have in the body the next day. So the better we're sleeping, the better your body repairs, the less inflammatory response we have. So, um, you know, it's it's a good idea to get a sore shoulder fixed earlier rather than waiting till later. And the reason for that is 
the body can start laying down calcium in the tendons called calcific tendonitis. Conservative care isn't going to fix that. That's more of a surgical situation. And instead of letting it get to that point, you know, it's like the proverbial hole in the roof. A pinhole in the roof caught it the first or second day results in a very simple repair. Could be less than 50 bucks. But that same thing that lasts for six or eight months could go up to $50,000 a hundred. That depends on what, what, what it's covering, to be honest. So the longer it's there, the more damage it causes. Same thing with the shoulder. Our shoulder, it, it has the most motion of any joint in the body, but the price for mobility is instability. So because your muscles basically have to work in concert to move that shoulder, uh, it's very easy for the muscles to get irritated. The ends of those muscles are called tendons and those tendons, rotator cuff tendons are what usually gives us pain in the shoulder. I mean, there could be lots of other reasons. We have shoulder pain, the labrum can be torn. I mean, there could be degenerative change to the joint. There's a whole lot of other things that can do it, but uh, a really big one is irritation to the tendons of the shoulder because it's wear and tear on those tendons and muscles and tendons. But the good news is uh, it usually responds well to conservative care. This next picture here um, actually is supposed to be an elbow, but where we took the PNG, it was in the middle of the video. Um, but persistent elbow pain, and we're really talking about tennis elbow and golfer's elbow. So here in Florida, I mean, I'll tell you what, between tennis, pickleball, and golf, uh, a lot of people do one of those. Uh, and, and it used to be shuffleboard. I, we, I, I don't see much in the way of shuffleboard here on the West Coast, maybe on the East Coast, but um, we see a lot of pickleball here. Um, not near as much tennis as pickleball uh, because pickleball is easier on the body than tennis is. Um, so, but the reality is that the longer your elbow hurts, uh, the harder it is to fix it. And then once again, there are home thing, home remedies that you can do to help your elbow. Um, so let's just say I'm a tennis player. So at the end of your tennis, it hurts on, on the top part of your elbow right here. So that's the typical tennis elbow situation. Um, one of the things that can work really well for that is you put a cup in the freezer filled with water and put it in there for several hours and let it freeze. And then you peel the top of the cup back so that you expose some of the ice. You run some water right on top of where you want to put that before you put the ice on. Otherwise, it can stick to the skin. You remember the movie Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, let's not do that. So you put the water on first and then start moving the ice. Uh, the other thing is you've got to keep the ice moving. You can't leave it sit in one place because it can do the same thing. It can freeze right to the skin and cause uh, frostbitten areas. Oddly enough, if you keep the ice moving, it won't frostbite you. We usually say not to exceed about eight minutes of that ice massage. But basically, you cover the area of the elbow where it's hurting after you're done your tennis or your golf. If it's golf, it's going to be on the inside of the elbow here. If it's if it's tennis, it's going to be on this side, uh, most likely. Uh, and so that's um, a, an easy thing to do at home. It doesn't cost you much of anything. It's 
just ice in the freezer um, and a cup. And that's about it. And it can really help tremendously. Uh, people ask all the time, are those supports helpful? Well, you know, it's more helpful to fix the problem than to put a Band-Aid on it. Um, because that's exactly what it is. You put one of those straps on your elbow, it's a temporary Band-Aid. It's not really fixing the underlying problem. So, you know, if it persists despite your best efforts, then you need to go get some professional attention on that. And we don't actually recommend getting shots and surgery right away for that kind of stuff. There's so many good, wonderful therapies out there that are available to your local uh, neuromusculoskeletal medicine doc. Uh, you Lasers and CBD ultrasound and grassing technique and manipulation of the joint and lots of non-invasive type of procedures that can be very beneficial to you and can get rid of the problem. And then the last thing down here is the lower back. So, and of course, lower back pain is one of the main things that we see here. And, you know, most people don't run in here just because they have lower back pain. I mean, you can't blame them for that, right? So, you know, most people know the difference between straining a muscle and hurting your back. And let's talk about the difference. So if you strain the muscle in your back, let's say you do it because a lot of this stuff happens towards the end of whatever you're doing. And that, that's proven in work comp studies, too. Most of the injuries occur in the first five to ten minutes and the last five to ten minutes, not during the day. Um, why? Well, in the beginning, people are cold and they're not flexible and maybe they're not awake and all kind of things. Towards the end of the day, they just want to get out of there and they're, they're rushing and they're, they're not really thinking about what they're doing and they get hurt then too. So what is the difference between a strain and an actual deeper injury to your back on how it feels to you? Well, usually with a strain, and we'll say it happened towards the end of the day, maybe you're building a deck or whatever and you, you know twisted too quickly or carried too many boards or whatever happened. You know, a lot of times it's a slip type of thing. You, you know, people have, they're carrying items, but then they slip. It's something happens they didn't expect. And that unexpected momentum shift torques the back. And when you're not ready for it, then that's when it really does some damage. So let's just say there was a strain. It actually wasn't uh, a severe internal uh, injury to the disc or, you know, to the vertebra. Um, in that case, the next day when you wake up, you're going to feel better. Like it, it won't be perfect, but guess what? The muscles have a lot of blood flow to them. I mean, they're getting constant nutrition. So that 25 million times a second replication I was talking about, the muscles can repair much faster. So, but Contrary to that, though, if you wake up the next day and you can't move, that's not a muscle strain. That's a deeper injury. And that's something you'll probably want to get some help for. Um, and and, and it's not necessarily going to need a ton of treatment or anything, but you probably will need some help for something like that. Uh, people ask, well, what should I do for that on my own? Well, if you have severe back pain, probably the last thing you want to do is put a heat on it. Uh, because heat, although it might make the muscle feel good, tends to swell the back up deeper. So in on the disc and the joint and nerves, you're swelling those tissues up. There's even less room to move. 
And, um, you know, it might feel good when it's on, but later it's like, wow, that hurts like crazy. Or ice doesn't feel too good when it's on, but it feels better later because it's reducing the inflammatory component of the back. So these are just some red flags, um, you know, and things that you can do on your own as well um, to help yourself out. I hope you find uh, some of these things that we go over helpful to you. Like I said before, if um, you know of somebody that's suffering with one of these things, uh, tag them uh, or share the video with them. Um, and if you have any comments, don't hesitate to do that. Please uh, like uh, our Facebook page as well, or YouTube, whichever you're watching. We really appreciate you watching the video. Stay healthy, stay safe, and whatever you do, stay creative.